Playoff time is when things start getting serious on the court. Players are more driven than ever to win these big games and keep advancing. Goodyear knows all about being more driven, too. Working hard to help you advance on and off the road. Let Goodyear.com help you choose what's best. The egregious error, egregious error that I made last week on the podcast. No, not the thing about uh, LeBron's people wanting Luke fired. That was not an egregious error, or was it not false? But, my gosh, after seeing Shaggy and Sting and then meeting Snoop Dogg, I got my music all mixed up, and I gave a little Shaggy instead of Snoop. I should have been singing, strolling down the street, you know what I'm talking about? Smoking, yeah. you know, on, sipping sh- on gin and juice. Right. So my apologies right? to both Shaggy and the Snoop Dogg. What a mistake. I, I won't forgive myself for that. Hello, welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We've got a wild day here in the NBA, uh, and we're all over it. Um, uh, we're going to skip our normal uh, salutations at the start here. Um, Tim McMahon... Uh, our man on the Mavericks, amongst other things, is in the Denver airport. Uh, Jackie McMullen is also joining me from Boston. Um, Ramona Shelburne will be joining us in a little bit. She's uh, finishing up re-recording Around the Horn because Chris, Chris F. Porzingis is about to be traded to the Dallas Mavericks, and they had already had their show in the can, have to redo it. But first off, oh, I hate uh, that. McMahon, I hate that. <laughs> I know. Uh, McMahon in uh, the Denver airport, um, tell us what you know about – Porzingis uh, becoming a Dallas Maverick in a stunning turn of events today. Yeah, well, clearly the, the, the Mavericks view Porzingis as a, a long-term co-star with Luka Doncic. I mean, <laughs> you know, the way they see this is they're going from Dirk, uh, the greatest European player ever, to perhaps you know the the, the next two greatest uh, Euro products. And obviously, there's some risk involved with Porzingis coming off the torn ACL. They are taking back significant money. Uh, in both Hardaway and Courtney Lee, there could be some other pieces involved. But for them, you know, this, these are, Dennis Smith Jr. wanted out. It was mutual. Hey, well-timed triple-double for him in Madison Square Garden. How you like that, Nick? Oh, you like it a lot? Great. Let's get this deal done. Here's DeAndre Jordan's expiring contract. Here's, uh, Wesley Matthews' expiring contract so they can take back money. Uh, and obviously, you know, Hardaway and Lee are, are, uh, serviceable players, certainly, but, for them, this is they have a bona fide uh, high ceiling co-star for Luka Doncic. They hope this came out of nowhere, long, Tim. Long time. I mean, this is this is a stunning move. Uh, you know, uh, we have Porzingis going in. According to Woj, Porzingis uh, goes in today. Uh, you know, the Mavericks were just in um, New York last night. I assume had to be mm-hmm. talking and laying the groundwork for this. Um, Porzingis basically expresses L- he Luka wants and Porzingis to yucking be it up at halftime. Um, yeah, and and, and and that's what look. This happened so fast. It did, and it, and really everything happened months before. Uh, I, I thought it was a, a legitimate possibility. I was I was told by somebody with the Mavericks uh, a couple weeks ago. Hey, keep an eye on that Porzingis situation in New York, you know. But they were thinking in terms of what's going to happen this summer when he goes into restricted free agency. You know, is is he going to be out? Could there be? Sign and trade possibilities this summer. Obviously, Porzingis uh, got that timeline pushed up with the meeting that uh, that, that Woj and, and Ramon and Zach Lowe uh, reported on, where he basically told the Knicks, "Hey, uh, this is you know, get me out of here. This ain't working." And uh, you know, the, the Knicks, you know, they, they like Dennis Smith Jr. enough. Uh, plus, obviously, them looking at uh, clearing a bunch of cap space for the summer. 
uh, enough to go ahead and pull the trigger. Now, I'm, I'm, there, I, there will be draft compensation. I'm uncertain exactly how that's going to work because the Mavericks owe Atlanta a, a top five protected pick uh, in this draft. So my understanding is they can't deal their own future pick, but I'm, I'm reaching out to, to Bobby Marks and trying to get some clarity from the Mavericks on that end. But uh, obviously a, a huge blockbuster, and for the Mavericks, assuming Porzingis is healthy and you can keep him long-term, man, Porzingis and Luka, that's uh, as good a 23-and-under uh, duo as, as I, w- I would think you could find in the league right now. Jackie, let me ask you this. Do you think it's, the Knicks are essentially trading Chris Epps Porzingis, the best young player they've had since... I don't know when, um, right. for cap space. Exactly. Do you think this is a good idea? Well, the impression I get um, from the reporting I've done today and from listening to my colleagues like Woj, who's plugged into everybody, I'm not sure they had a choice. Przingis wanted out. So if you have an unhappy player... But he's a restricted boy, whole, free agent to be. You have I you know, leverage that. there. I understand that. You have leverage, but you understand that. You understand what it's like. We're seeing this. This is all the dominoes from Anthony Davis. Let's state the obvious. These are all the dominoes falling around Anthony Davis. And I think what they decided, the Knicks decided, was, you know what? Things are happening right now. Let's find out if Kyrie Irving really is unhappy in Boston. Is there a way? Maybe there's a way we can get Kyrie Irving now. And then the Celtics can trade for Anthony Davis. Now, now this is all hypothetical. I can't stress that enough, okay? So maybe if you're the Knicks, that's your thinking. We'll start clearing the space for our dream team, which has always been Kyrie and Kevin Durant, right? That's what we've always heard. So I think the the, the tipping point is this. Chris Stapps and his brother go in there and say, we're done here. We don't want to be here. You can, you can hang on to us, but we'll make your life miserable, which is, seems to be the new blueprint for every big star in the NBA, except for Anthony Davis, who doesn't make things miserable for everybody, but it has the same effect, right? It's hard to keep a player that doesn't want to be there. We've, how many times have we seen it? But he, you know, having, and the one thing I think is important to realize is I heard all the Kevin Durant stuff over the last months. The Knicks did not have a full max salary slot. To offer. In fact, they were not really even that close. They were going to have to make some trade, whether it was before next week or whether it was before the July 1st to offload either Courtney Lee or Tim Hardaway. So this trade, and not only do they offload Courtney Lee and, and, um, and, uh, Hardaway, but they offload the max slot that they were going to have to give to Porzingis. So they wipe all of that. So they go from like three quarters of a max slot to two max slots. Um, and essentially what they will have is Dennis Smith, their number one pick. And I got to believe, by the way, their tankathon is still going on. It would not surprise me if Wesley Matthews and DeAndre Jordan were either rerouted or bought out. They're going to be gone and then available into the market. They're going to continue tanking. And so their move now is to have two max slots plus Dennis Smith, plus that pick, which they're dreaming is going to be Zion Williamson, and do it. It's a it's an ambitious plan. It is particularly ambitious for a team that has not closed deals in the past, that has swung and missed, that the last time Kevin Durant was a free agent couldn't even get a meeting with him. Um, they got a phone call with Carmelo Anthony and tried to pass that off as their meeting with Kevin Durant. Um, so Jackie... To me, they either have some sort of inside information or they're making an awfully big gamble 
saying goodbye to Porzingis, even if he wasn't happy when they hold all the cards. I agree 100%. And so what is the inside information? Is the inside information that Kyrie Irving has decided that he's not going to stay in Boston? Now, I've done some reporting in the last few minutes um, while we were preparing for this pod. I've talked to a couple of people very close inside the Celtics who tell me at this moment, at 4.22 Eastern time on a Thursday afternoon, they have no intention of trading Kyrie Irving. Now that's at 4.22 on Thursday afternoon. Things are happening here. The stakes are very, very high and everything could change in a heartbeat. And how could it change in a heartbeat? If for some reason Kyrie sees what's going on with the Knicks and says, you know what? Maybe I'll go now. I don't know this to be true. In fact, I don't really believe it to be true based on the conversations I've had with Kyrie and people that are very close to Kyrie. I haven't sensed, I've sensed frustration. I think I said that last week. I've sensed that he's not, you know, this isn't how he was supposed to go here in Boston, but I have never sensed the notion that, you know what, I'm moving on. I just haven't sensed that. Now again, at four, now 23 p.m. on a Thursday afternoon, that could change. But that's where we stand. Okay, let me speak to that. The Anthony Davis camp believes that Kyrie is leaving the Celtics. And that is why Kyrie, as why the Celtics have been crossed off the place for where Anthony wants to go in a trade. Um, the Knicks were on that list too, but now the Knicks have taken themselves out of the bidding because they don't have assets to trade. Unless they don't really see how functionally they could do it. Um, because they don't really have anything to trade. Now, is that an an attempt to for you know because I've been told that. Okay, I hear that, Jackie. Because this is not my first day in the NBA, my detector goes off a little bit there because I say right now Anthony Davis is trying everything in his power to get to the Lakers. And it's almost like a candidate leading up to the election, making promises, doing things that he would never do in a normal situation. Is that something that they're just well, putting out there to try to force yeah, the Lakers into action? But, but, but I'm saying that like that, that doesn't message... mean that there isn't a kernel of truth to it. That doesn't mean right. there can't be but, a kernel of truth to it. Right. So, so that's so what that, it comes down to. Right. So, so if that message is in my ear, it's in other people's ears too. It's in everyone's ear, right? It's right. in everyone's ear that that will listen. That they they can that they can put it in their ear. And I don't blame them. That's smart business. See, here's the thing. Think about it. If you're the Boston Celtics, everything's going well now. You've won a few games. Everything's good. Life is good. You're 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 creeping up. Indiana's going to drop. You're going to have at the worst home court in the first round of the playoffs. You can still move up if everything keeps going the way you think it's going to go. And they do still believe that their trajectory is up not down or sideways. So everything is headed in that direction. But Kyrie, Kyrie's a different kind of cat. You know that. You covered him. I've covered him. He, he came out and said, I want to be here for life. Now that can change. Life, things change in a heartbeat. We're watching it today. We're, we're, we're witnessing it today. So it's very, it's a very, very fragile thing. But at this moment, and again, okay. I've got to stress, I, because of everything that's happening, things can change. At right. this moment, that doesn't add up. Now, if you're Anthony Davis and his agent and his people and you want to get him to L.A., what better way than to plant stories that Kyrie's unhappy, that Kyrie Agreed. wants out, that, and that, so that's, 
that's where I'm coming from right now. It's, it's delicate. We're in a I've delicate done. place. We're in a delicate place, Jackie. Um, well, we and, are and, because we're, we're, people tell us right now what we want to hear. <laughs> it's kind of funny, right? So both sides, and there's more than one side. There's more than two sides. It's, it's so many different teams involved, and everybody has their own slant and their own self-interest you know, at heart here. So who do we believe and who do we trust? I trust so, no one at the moment. I don't know about you. Right, right. Okay, <laughs> I trust so Tim, no one. So, Tim, the Mavericks here have taken – now, just w- before we go back to that, the Mavericks have taken themselves out of free agency this summer. Their intent, obviously, is to sign Chris Hapsporzingis, who will be a restricted free agent, to a uh, an extension and pair mm-hmm. up Luka Doncic – and um, and Porzingis, and that, that be the core of their team going forward. Now we've got Yahoo Sports reporting, and again, I'll just echo everything mm. that Jackie said, that we are in a moment here where the information is flying, and you have to try to triangulate everything to figure out everything. We've got Yahoo Sports saying that Porzingis does not intend to sign a long-term contract this summer, but instead will sign a one-year qualifying offer which to me is insane coming off of yeah. an ACL injury oh, you when he hasn't had his me. big paycheck. But that report is out there. Um, for the time being, let's take the report at face value. Um, what do you think that means? I, I think that the, the, the Mavericks are going into this anticipating that uh, they will get a long-term deal done with him this summer. Uh, he has a he has a good relationship with Luka Doncic, and, and honestly, why wouldn't a 23 year old big man want to play <laughs> for a long, long time with Luka Doncic? So the the Mavericks are making in a, this in a deal. desirable market, right? Dallas is and, a yeah, desirable you know, in, market. Yeah, in, in and in a you know it's it's not New York, but it it's <laughs> you know that's the market he just he just wanted to leave. Um, he's he's also got a, a relationship with Dirk Nowitzki, who obviously can you know will. Uh, I'm sure do his part to to pitch Dallas uh, as a long term uh, fit for him, and as, a, as obviously a franchise where they've proven that uh, that they can win at least a championship. Um, I, I just you know we'll see how it plays out. I would be very very surprised if a, a long term deal isn't uh, isn't struck between the Mavericks and Porzingis, just because obviously that's what the Mavericks want. That's why they're making this trade. And I just have a hard time, uh, as they're looking for passengers behind me, I just have a hard time uh, figuring out why it would make sense for Porzingis to leave a ton of money on the table uh, this summer instead of uh, committing to Dallas and committing to being Luka Doncic's uh, running partner for you know the next four or five years. Unless, right. well, unless Christophe Porzingis doesn't want to end up in Dallas. I mean, that's the simple answer, isn't it? That's the simple answer. Now I don't know so, why that would be true, but I'm just that's so then it's that like would where where is he? Where does he want to go? He doesn't want to be in New York. Why would he not? I just I, don't know, I have a, I have a hard time believing that. And like I said, you know, I've been wrong before, but uh, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, when you have when you when when you are the team and you have a restricted free agent, you have all the cards. This is something that's happened over the course of time. We've right. seen occasional efforts. Um, Ben Gordon was one, was one of the players, one of the few players who signed the qualifying offer when he could have had more. Um, it's, it's an outlier situation. It's a really outlier situation, guy coming off a knee injury. Um, the question will be, the Knicks, um, their intention 
was to not play Porzingis, I think, the rest of the year. Maybe right. in April, mm-hmm. they would throw him into a few games. Um, and th- th- there was two, there was twofold reason for that. Number one, they're tanking. Uh, they don't want anybody to help them win. They're, they're, they're taking useful players and benching them recently. And, and by the way, it's working. The Bulls and, and Cavs have won some games and the Knicks now are tied for the worst record. Um, secondly, you don't want to show your hand with Porzingis. What if Porzingis comes back? looks sensational on that knee. And now you've got four or five teams ready to offer him uh, whatever contract he wants that p- applies pressure to you on the restricted market. Um, so th- th- they had a reason for that. So the question will now become, Porzingis has expressed that he wants to play. In fact, there's been a back and forth during this season about how healthy he is between him and the Knicks. Will the, will the Mavericks look to put Porzingis out there this year and get him some reps with Luca. I'm sure that's something that he would want. I mean, I I know we're real early in this, but um, we'll, you know, do you have any feel for that, Tim? Well, it, it, look, if Porzingis is healthy and he wants to play, I I think the Mavericks absolutely would love to get him out there. The, the Mavericks owe the Hawks a top five protected pick. Uh, you know, they'd have to do a whole lot of losing to to really have good odds of keeping that pick anyway. And the, the whole plan when they made the deal for Luca was uh, let, let's get off of that pick uh, this season. Let's go ahead and, and get that pick shipped to Atlanta. So the Mavericks aren't – they have no intention of tanking. They're trying to build a winning culture. And obviously they want to build a winning culture um, around the, the, the Luca-Porzingis uh, combo. So if he's ready to roll, I, I would be very surprised if the Mavericks don't get him out there. Okay, Jackie, before we move on to looking at more at, at uh, New York and Boston here, what do you mm-hmm. think of – let's just assume that Porzingis recovers from the ACL and is a reasonable facsimile of the player who was an all-star before this injury. What do you think of Doncic and Porzingis as the corner pieces in Dallas? Well, they certainly be skilled. Um, it's 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 Euro ball, um, but you need other pieces around them. I mean – and uh, and they have some good young players. I, I you know I'm, I'm maybe not quite as excited as as my pal Tim is um, because yeah. I just I just don't know about Porzingis in this injury. And you do need you know defensively, not 100 percent sure how it translates on the defensive end of the floor. But I understand why Dallas did this. I understand it 100 percent. I would have done it as well. I would take on Boy, they, uh, and I would take I would take the risk. I would absolutely do it. This is a side note, but boy, uh, Tim, they just uh, thank you very much, DeAndre Jordan. After all that, I know, right? them, you, you know, they <laughs> you know the the back out. They sign him to a one year deal and they ship him out mid season. Well, and look, the DeAndre. Uh, it was an interesting half season with DeAndre. Let's just put it that way. You know, it's funny. Uh, there, uh, when DeAndre put his put his elbow in, in uh, or his forearm in Luca's back and tipped that rebound away from him, uh, and that got all that you know there was all the drama there. You know who that was, was against? The Knicks. No. no. <laughs> well, yeah, it was that was against um, the Knicks. Dennis Smith Jr.'s well, that was the best time triple double uh, in in Mavericks history for for Dennis Smith Jr. But look, uh, obviously they've got to build around these guys. But they've got now two extremely skilled guys. I, I think Porzingis is a is a plus defensively, and then you've got to find you know th- 
three and D guys, and and, and you know probably well, they don't have a fir- uh, they won't have a first round pick. to go with them. And now they have uh, Courtney Lee and Hardaway, which redeemed toxic contracts. Um, you know, so yeah, but serviceable players. And, and well, look, and remember too. Remember too. You got Berea out. You lost Berea, and that was a huge. Oh blow no! To the look, members. I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about yeah. you know, can they be right. a playoff team next year? You know, two, three years from now, can they make the moves necessary to really vault them into contention in the Western Conference? I mean, if they make the playoffs this year, that's a miracle. That's for you know, that's forget that. This I, mean, is I have obviously to say about with 19 and 23, two guys who uh, could have a really bright future together. When they iced Dennis Smith a few weeks ago and sort of he didn't come back because of the trade and whatever, you know, they, one of the teams they were talking to was Orlando about Mo Bamba. Uh, Mo Bamba hmm. is, um, is available on the market. The Magic are buyers right now, but discussing Mo Bamba's for a later time. Um, but they were talking about maybe getting Mo Bamba McMahon and they end up with Chris Apps Porzingis. Now granted, they're taking on you know, tonnage and contracts, but, but waiting and letting the market develop has turned into a home run. And so no matter what happens with Porzingis and his contract, pretty good asset maneuvering by the Mavericks, I would think. Oh no, th- th- this has been phenomenal front office work by uh, Donnie Nelson and, and Mark Cuban and the Mavericks. Really, you know, going back to the draft when they acquired Luca, but you know, and the Mo Bamba thing—if that's a deal they wanted to make—I think that's one they could have made. The Mavericks weren't really high on Mo Bamba; they had Wendell Carter Jr. above him uh, come draft time. Like, if they weren't able to pull off the uh, the trade to get Luca, they probably would end up with Wendell Carter Jr. not uh, Mo Bamba. Then I think their prime target with the uh, with the Magic uh, was Aaron Gordon, and that's you know that's just something that I, I guess the Mavericks weren't or the Magic rather weren't willing to do but no hey they if, if you're the Mavericks at least you have legitimate long-term hope now and that's something that quite frankly a couple years ago and 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 really even going into, into the draft this year there wasn't much of in Dallas they've been a an old mediocre team since they won the title and so now you know they've they've got uh some, some promise and some excitement for the future okay so um we're going to say goodbye to Tim. He's going to catch his flight and um, look forward to that uh, Porzingis press conference. By the way, Woj has a updated report um, that Porzingis has yet to decide about his future with Dallas and will start the process of getting to know the organization soon. We have to uh, take a minute and talk about uh, our sponsorships because this podcast has bills and it, we need to pay them. So let's get Adios, to sponsorship right now. All right. An ESPN podcast that can improve your love life? That's right. Listen up. Valentine's Day isn't the time for rookie moves. Leave it to the pros at Edible Arrangements. It's the freshest fruit married with the finest chocolate, artfully arranged to make a big impression. And with over 20 decadent Valentine's Day gifts and arrangements to choose from, you don't have to be exclusive. It doesn't make a difference that it's for a special someone, all of your special someones, hmm, or... Mm. Someone you feel you love, you share love with, and you can do that all with Edible Arrangements. Stand up from the crowd this Valentine's Day. It pays to plan ahead. Order by February 10th and take off 20% of all pickup orders over 50 bucks. Stop by your local Edible Arrangements and experience love at first bite. Or order online and have it delivered at edible.com. Now we're back with uh, Ramona Shelburne, um, who 
who's joining us from Los Angeles. She uh, broke several aspects of this Porzingis story today, including his, I guess, trade request, which was the most successful trade request in NBA history, Ramona, because he got traded within like 25 minutes. Um, can you <laughs> share some of your reporting and your insight on why sure. Porzingis did this and why it happened so fast? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, this is one of those, like, I'm going to break up with you before you break up with me. And then, nope, <laughs> they broke up with him before he could even leave the room almost. Um, they've they've been gauging the market for Porzingis for a while now, right? I mean, I think that's that's been obvious that um, that he's been in discussions with the Anthony Davis conversation. He hears his name out there. He's also out with an uh, ACL injury. So that's, that's part of the problem here. But, you know, when, when things happen quickly, it means that teams have been talking for a while now and the Knicks and the Mavericks have spoken to each other about Dennis Smith Jr. for a month or two now. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of been in the, in the discussion for a while. And, my understanding is if you're going to move him quick, they had a pretty good idea of what was out there and what teams would be interested in him. They also had a pretty good idea of what their objectives were, which was simply get something back for him, right? So Dennis Smith Jr. is a former lottery pick that they liked. They probably should have drafted him instead of poor Frank Nilekina. Um, and they also wanted to clear salary cap space so and, and get another draft asset back. So it kind of checked all the boxes. And I know the big question everybody has is, what about Anthony Davis? Now, my understanding is that they did call the Pelicans about Anthony Davis. They did discuss whether or not to put Porzingis in a deal there. And New Orleans really wasn't interested. And, you know, if they weren't interested in, in that, there was really no there, no way you could reconstitute that kind of a deal around Porzingis if they didn't have a fundamental interest in him at all. Well, they, they so couldn't. They can't. If they don't trade for Porzingis now, they can't. They couldn't trade for him because he'd be a free agent. So the... So the the difficulty with with Boston, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about in a second, is that they can't trade for the Anthony Davis right now at all, as long as they have Kyrie. And New York, they could make a trade offer in the summer, but they couldn't make a trade offer that included Porzingis because he was going to be a free agent. So if you know that, that you know, I'll let you keep going because that's new information to me. I had not heard that. Yeah, I, I don't think I've tweeted it yet, actually. <laughs> the, uh, sent it to the news desk first. I'm like a good corporate citizen that I am. Um, and I, I, I think, uh, I think that's interesting, right? You know, cause that's, that's the big question of like, why did you do this so fast? You know, it's, it's, you know, that, that was the big discussion. I know there were other conversations. I think there were conversations with the Chicago Bulls as well and some kind of other construction. You know, um, I think Woj tweeted this or, or maybe Zach Lowe. The Spurs had an interest in Porzingis, but if you're, if you're the Knicks, you have a very good idea of what is out there and what types of conversations you could have. And, the, you know, I think they knew what was you – know, they, they, in making this deal, they're obviously not doing other deals. But I think they knew what the other deals were, and this was the preferred deal because it checks all the boxes for them. They get the salary cap space. They get back a lottery pick. They get back another draft pick. I think it's a first. I don't know the protections on it, though. Um, and it opens up. Um, it opens up free agency for them in the summer in a way that other deals that they had discussed with teams didn't. So, Jackie, so let me, I have a question. I have a question if I can, Ramona. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the, free, the, the cap for free, agent, we, free agency, we've been talking quite a bit about that. Yeah. Both Brian and I agree that by making this deal and having this cap space, one would assume the Knicks know something we don't. So we have been speculating what that might be, and I'm curious what you think. Um, 
Do you mean in terms of who they who who they would be in the running? Why for? clear Maybe. all the space? Why why what, give I mean, up Porzingis to for you know to, yeah. to sign Tobias Harris? You know what I'm saying? Like right. Like right. If, if you whiff on Durant and you whiff on Kyrie and you whiff on Kawhi, and you're left choosing between yeah. like Chris Middleton. No offense to Chris Middleton or Tobias Harris, but Porzingis is a pretty good asset to, to give away for the hope of something. So, yeah, that's what we're yeah. trying to figure out. If, do you think they, so, they have some kind of? We're idea? not alone, I mean, Jackie. The whole league is wondering. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, is it a, I, the whole? We've talked about this for a while now, right? I mean, I think everybody in the league is, you know, is, as much as you think that. Um, Kawhi Leonard, you know, has expressed a desire to go to Los Angeles, whether it be the Lakers or the Clippers. Um, there's that same talk about Durant, uh, Kevin Durant, and Knicks, right? I mean, his the, the, that's that's been out there for quite some time. Kyrie Irving's always been a guy that people have talked about, and I, you know, I, teams have they have their own people who who go and gather intelligence, right? They, go, they have their own people who go and and look for things. But I think it's even a more fundamental question of of do they think they're getting somebody? I think I think they think they're in the in the in a, they have a good, really good shot at, at one or two of these guys. But I think what the Lakers think they have a shot that, and the Clippers correct. think they have shots. And that's I right. Mean, yeah. It's and, just, and, it's and, such a, it's such a gamble. But here's, but here's the bigger thing. It's not just about who do you think you have a shot at? It's who do you think is not part of your future anymore? And the, right. We, right. You know, there's that's been a lot of writing sense. about this, um, mm-hmm. but not really a definitive deep dive of what happened between the Knicks and Porzingis. But that relationship has been disintegrating for a long time. And it, it was not it was not just Phil Jackson having a bad relationship with him. This was this was much more than, you know, Phil him skipping an exit meeting with Phil. This was him and his brother and his, his the other representatives and his his camp really not having a great relationship with the whole franchise. And I know David Fisdale had tried to work on that. I know Scott Perry had tried to work on that relationship, but clearly the relationship had never gotten, had never been repaired enough to where they felt like he was going to stay with them long-term or even that they wanted him to stay long-term. And then the bigger part of it, which I think is going to be a fascinating part of this is what is his health situation like? He's coming off an ACL, but he's had a a couple of significant injuries in his young career. He's seven foot three um, you know, they, they probably have a pretty good read themselves on how they project his health to be long-term. And as so we have another, you can see, you've got to make another question. Call. I have another question for you, Ramona. Also what we discussed mm-hmm. before you came on and when, when we're talking about Porzingis and mm-hmm. we've been hearing from, I guess, Tim, uh, does he want to play this year? Is that something you've heard that he's, he's ready to play? We know the Knicks didn't want to play cause they were taking well, what, 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 what did Tim to, say? What did Tim say to that? I think he. I think did Tim tell us that he thought that he did want to play, that he would play this year if he could, and that the the Mavericks would be happy to have him. Yeah, I mean, I, well, the Mavericks I, you know, are the Mavericks, dis- are, the, the Mavericks are, are the opposite of the Knicks. They're de incentivized yeah. to tank because they don't have their draft pick. They don't have their pick, right? right? It's, isn't it lightly? It's 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 very very lightly protected, right? Like it's it's only no, protected the, if it's no. Like- their their pick is owed to to. Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta for Porzingis. Atlanta. For, um, but is top it, what are the five. protections on Top five. Yeah. Top, top, top five. five. Yeah. It's it's just a very light top five protection. So, yeah, they're, they're disincentivized to tank. Although, don't you think it just got harder for the Knicks to tank? I mean, the, you know, DeAndre Jordan and Dennis Smith Jr. are going to help them. No, I, th- I think they're going to buy DeAndre and Wes Matthews out. Would be yeah, I don't guess. think they'll it's even play for the him. Market. Yeah, they won't even play for um, him. In fact, in fact the thing that, you know, we should point out, though, Brian, the thing we should point out to everybody is remember now that the lottery, the, the lottery's been weighted differently here. And so, yeah, you, you know, you're, you're, it's, it's, there's two, there's two important things to know about the lottery. One, 
The top three picks all get the same percentage chance. So there's no difference big, between finishing. Big difference, right. Yeah. Third big and worst. Secondly, the top four teams are selected by the lottery now. So even if you have the worst record, it used to be if you, have, you had the worst record and you got terrible luck, you could have the fourth pick. But because the four teams are picked, you have now the – you could slip the lowest is five. Um, mm. The other thing is is that there's a big difference in the percentages – in terms of finishing 11th and in terms of finish, you know, the, the next sort of layer, you want to get down to like 7th. It's not like before where the percentage differences between 7 and 11 and 12 weren't that much. Um, you were really incentivized to be in that top three. Now right. there's, because there's layers, you, you're really incentivized to get down, which is one of the reasons why I think the Pelicans should tank, not play Anthony Davis if they don't trade him. Because the Pelicans, mm-hmm. I think, have the eighth or ninth worst record now. They right. really need to get down to to, 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 to five or six. Okay, and so how amazing would that be, though? Just think about how amazing this will be. Let's just play long and say that they don't trade him before the deadline. They want to protect mm-hmm. their asset because he is now their most valuable asset, and you are going to trade him in the summer. And you sit this one of the top five players in the league and refuse to play him. Doesn't the league have to step in at some point? Jackie, it's a terrible situation because tonight he's going to be named an all-star. He's going to be named an all-star mm. for the New And he's going to play. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to play in the all-star I mean, game, yeah. too. I mean, wow. is the only game he's going to play the rest of the season the all-star game? But can't, if Not you're Adam that, Silver, don't you have to step in? Don't you step terrible. in? It's, it's terrible. And the other thing is this. This has, this has major wide-reaching you know, implications. So one of the things, and this is getting into the weeds, but it's not nothing. Um, if Anthony Davis doesn't play the rest of the season, he will not make the All-NBA team. By not mm. making the All-NBA team, mm. he opens up another slot for a player to make the All-NBA team. A guy like Carl Towns. If Carl Towns makes the All-NBA wow. team this year, he, due to his contract, he gets $30 million more. Or another player could make the All NBA team in Davis's spot and become eligible mm. for the Supermax. This is like you know this. Well, that's why. Like but on, that's why Adam Silver will have to step in. He'll just have to. Like on one, see, like what we have here is uh, Kevin Arnovitz uses this word. We have a creep. So <laughs> I don't. I don't mean Anthony Davis. You know, it used to be that if you were a free agent, and you were going to leave. You would kind of tell your team maybe at the trade deadline before you became a free agent. Then it became the summer before you were a free agent. Now it's two trade deadlines ahead. Yep. Yep. I mean, h- how soon are we going to be three trade deadlines? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's creeping backwards. And we've already got all these players in exile. You know, Carmelo is in exile. And Chandler J. Parsons is in exile. And J.R. Smith is in exile. And Dennis Smith Jr. was in exile for a little bit. Maybe Anthony Davis is going to be in exile. Um, maybe Chris Porzingis was going to be in exile. I don't think this is good. And I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pro player. I want the player to be able to control himself. But at some point, you know, we're, we're 18 months. We're a season and a half out from Anthony Davis's free agency. But let's swing back. And I want to talk about the Anthony Davis trade implications. Mm-hmm. So Ramona's saying that, that the, that the Pelicans passed on the Knicks offer, which makes sense to me. Why wouldn't the Knicks, why would the Knicks trade Porzingis anywhere? before getting a no from the Pelicans. It's a good report, and it's also a report that makes a ton of sense. So if the Pelicans don't want the the New York offer, and I don't think they want the L.A. offer, Ramona. I mean, uh, there's been reporting out Doesn't of L.A. Doesn't sound today. like it. <laughs> so you know? well, tell me what you know about that first. 
What do you, what do you know? So about? you know the, the 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 Lakers. I think what's what's be, what's been obvious um, for a long time essentially is that you know the, if if the Lakers were to make a, a Godfather offer, everyone but LeBron James would be available, right? Like that's that's the that's the best they can do is everyone but LeBron. You know, you know, it's not so much pick two out of these four. It's you know, everyone is available, um, and they didn't necessarily. I wouldn't say that. Um, you know, they, this is this is our offer, right? It was a conversation where that message was conveyed, which is essentially, if you're willing to deal him, if you're willing to talk about this, then everyone on our roster besides LeBron James is would be available. That's that's common sense. I think that's something that we knew before he asked for a trade. We knew yesterday. We knew today. But now that base. You know, I feel like some Lakers right? fans are surprised. Like, right. of course, he's a top five player. Of course, the whole team is available. Mm-hmm. And. And from and and from what I know from from sources have told me, the Pelicans are not interested. They're not right. interested in any of it. They're not interested in two first round picks and all four young players. They don't like the Lakers' offer. I mean, I hear teams complain to me nonstop, yeah. and I know that they complain to you too about the oh, Lakers yeah. cheating. They tamper, blah blah blah. Oh, you know, the all Spurs. Week. That's all I've heard. All, all I've heard the all week. But you know what? All that wouldn't matter if the Lakers had more premier assets. If the Lakers had better assets to offer, nobody would care about that tampering nonsense. They would make the deal with the Lakers. The Spurs didn't make a deal with the Lakers, not because they don't like the Lakers. Yep. They didn't make a deal with them because they don't like Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and, exactly. and, um, and Kyle Kuzma as much as they like getting yeah. Danny Green. And this is the thing. Of course. Yeah, it seems pretty transparent to me if they said no to New York's offer, whatever it was, and then mm-hmm. I'm hearing that, that they're not interested in L.A., it seems pretty transparent to me, Jackie and Ramona, that the Pelicans want to do a deal with Boston. Of and, course they do. And they're going to wait. And Anthony, yeah, but I, but, I, but I think there's a lot of people out there who think that the Lakers are going to pull this off, and I just don't think that's true. I mean, well, I, the Lakers feel like people tamper with with them. I mean, they're feeling essentially it's like, you know, I know the whole rest. They know the, the rest of the league hates them, obviously. They know the rest of the, that everybody thinks they tamper. It's at this point. I mean, I, you know, Brian, I don't know how you are with reporting with the Lakers, but like you literally like they you can't even text anything because anything you send at this point, you have to assume is going to be part of a league investigation. Right. Anything you text. <laughs> right. Like some, like whenever they do or don't do a trade, like somebody somebody's cell phone records are going to be turned in. Like, I, I don't want my cell phone records turned in. Right. And I don't want things that I'm sending or texting to to people trying to get information is, you know, a part of that. But that's the level of scrutiny on them. I mean, last year I, I had a report about this, like they sent a note to all team employees, like making sure that they making sure that they didn't even say anything on any broadcast on any social media. It was like sent from ownership and you will be fired if you do this. Like that's the level of scrutiny that they're under. Yeah. And, and, you know, some of it's unfair, obviously. And a lot of it's jealousy. Mm -hmm. Let's be clear because all the players want to go to LA and that's always been the case. And that will always be the case. But there, but I think there is the unfortunate history with Mm -hmm. Irvin um, since he joined the Lakers. And so that's why people like to point fingers. So they've earned some of it and some of it is unfair. That's just, that's life in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, yeah, so yeah, it does come down. Boston is, you know, let's see what happens with Boston. This Kyrie thing is fluid. That's what I would say about mm-hmm. it. Um, Ramona, before you came on, 
I was yeah. telling our listeners that I had spoken to uh, more than one person in the Celtics organization that insists at this exact moment, I said it earlier, it's now 5.01 p.m. Uh, Eastern, mm-hmm. Eastern time, that they have no intention of trading Kyrie Irving, that they're not trying to trade Kyrie Irving. And as far as they know, and this is the part that yep. could change, that Kyrie Irving has no interest in going anywhere else at this exact moment. Mm-hmm. Now, that could change in the next 24 to 48 hours. It absolutely could. And we have to say that because things could change. Now, things are, things are already changing very rapidly in the landscape. The stakes are so high for the Lakers, for the Celtics, for the Pelicans, for everybody in the league as they watch it. That's how important Anthony Davis is. Talk about high stakes, Jackie. We have to pause yes. for uh, commercial interruptions on some <laughs> platforms. But while we do that, Brian, can you tell us about that uh, superstar player that also wants to get traded that no one knows about? We just can't talk about it yet. I mean, we'll have to see how things go and whether we get authorization. And we're to- back. Um, so, okay. So Kyrie Irving came out before the season in front of thousands of people in, in Boston Garden saying, I am going to be here. I don't remember the exact quote, but he said, I am going to be mm. here. Then he did a commercial on nice. the court <laughs> underneath the banners, and he said in the commercial, I want my number up with those numbers. Okay? Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. he isn't just on the record. He is virtually in blood, although he hasn't signed the contract yet. So, Jackie, yes. does Kyrie have to come out? Now, he hasn't been available to the media in the last few days right? because he's been injured. Does he have to come out in the media and make another statement to verify this just because of this speculation going on out there? What do you think has to happen here? Well, you know where the Celtics are playing tomorrow, right? Tomorrow night New at York. Madison Square Garden. <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs> so good. And, I, you know, I doubt, I doubt yeah, Kyrie's going to play. Guess, let me guess the New York media might have a question. I, I doubt he's going to play, and that I don't know that he was going to play anyway. I think the whole plan was to have him miss these, you know, once he had the hip issue, to miss the three games. Um, the, the, you know, he missed Charlotte, and he'll, I expected him to miss this game Friday in New York anyway. So that might be a moot point. It's a good question, Brian. If I were Kyrie Irving, as annoying as this is, and I'm sure it's annoying to him because everybody is reporting where he wants to go, the idea that he wants to go back and play with LeBron, which has been sourced and reported a bunch of times, which flies in the face of everything I've been told. But again, however, we he, trust? he brought that on himself. He he did. He did. And you and I, t- we were on the podcast talking about what yep. were his what was his motive with that whole thing with LeBron, the mea culpa. We can we, we don't need to review that again. So it would I'm sure the Celtics would appreciate it if Kyrie would come out and say, all right, y'all, you can be quiet. I'm here. I'm going to be here. I plan to stay here. Nothing has changed. Now, the problem is that it's been a little frustrating. I was at the game Saturday when they lost to Golden State. Kyrie had a magnificent game. He did have two key turnovers Uh at the end of that game. Probably tried to take on a little too much himself. And I think that's because at this moment, sometimes he feels like he has to. I don't think that's how he envisioned his time in Boston. I know in talking with him, he thought he and Gordon Hayward were going to anchor this incredible Celtics team that had a lot of young players coming up. And then a veteran like Al Horford, who was just going to make sure everybody was right where they were supposed to be. Clearly, the weak link in that whole scenario now has been Hayward, who's just, it's painful at times to watch him struggle. He had a decent game Wednesday night, but it's up and it's down, and it changes the landscape a little bit, because I think we can all agree that if Gordon Hayward doesn't get back to where he was, or let's even say to 70% 
of where he was, both mentally and physically. I stress that because I think um, in my work with mental health, there's a post-traumatic stress disorder. There's a real thing when you have a catastrophic injury. It's real. And players struggle with that. Mm -hmm. And they struggle with it for a while. So Gordon is sort of the X factor. And it feels a little unfair to put it all on him. But he... He really is the key to whether they're going to be this number five seed that we're watching go up and down and up and down, or they're going to be better than that. So if you're Kyrie, you're like, man, this isn't what I was expecting. This isn't what I envisioned. And some of the young guys run the wrong play. I mean, at the end of that game against Golden State, they had a full timeout, TV timeout. They're drawing up a play. They get all on the court, and Jalen Brown goes to the wrong spot. Are you kidding me? Now, he's been on a tear. He's been playing great. But that's the kind so of stuff. Been if you're Right. Yeah. But right. Exactly. But that's the kind of stuff that drives Kyrie and the other veterans crazy. Okay. So, so all this makes Kyrie hurt. He's hurt. He's a little hurt. He's frustrated. I mean, physically hurt. And but does that translate into you know what? I'm out. I'm. I would be I stunned. I would be. Me too. I would be stunned. I mean, I'll be stunned. Ramona- Can we have a larger discussion though, guys? Like this is what I keep thinking. I mean, all this. We're all having the same conversation, which is about players wanting to determine their own destiny there's player agency this idea of where are they going to be happy where are they going to where do they want to flourish where do they want to sign and generally that process is called free agency right you usually wait till a guy gets to free agency and then there's a courting process and we make pitches and presentations but this magnitude of players that we continue to discuss Kyrie Irving Anthony Davis Jimmy Butler who name Kawhi Leonard is so important now. They're so they're so important to franchises that they we simply cannot let players get to free agency anymore, right? Like, I guess LeBron James is the the you know the most recent outlier of this, and and he's he's almost too good. You know, we the too good to fail. Like he's he's too good to trade pretty much ever, and he had a no trade clause. But if he didn't have that no trade clause, like I, I don't know. I think the Cavs may have had to well, think about you trading, say even about though LeBron. he took them all whatever the way to want, the finals. Whatever you yeah. want to say about LeBron. You cannot say that he didn't give his every season his all. He never right. pulled the plug in the middle of the year. Um, you know, his last year in uh, Cleveland, his first time around, they won sixty-two games. He didn't play well in the playoffs. Okay, but what you know, he had twenty rebound game in his last game. Mm-hmm. His last year in uh, Miami, they he was all right. Magnificent. Wait a minute, wait, Brian. Shenanigans, shenanigans. Haven't done this for a while, but there was a time you've forgotten last season when they tr- remember they traded their whole roster. In, remember, right? Yes, but he and, was, yeah, and there was right. there was a stretch was there pouting. where LeBron he was pouting. Okay, so don't tell me he was giving his all because he wasn't. He was pouting, and he was they, he wasn't playing defense. None of them were. So I'm sorry. I, I he I, retired I from back defense on that. several years ago. I would say though, I pushed back on he that. was I pushed back. He on was it. pouting. He was pouting because he wanted that year's team to be better. He doesn't matter why he was pouting. He, he was pouting. Doesn't matter okay. why Brian. He wasn't Th- playing the way he should have been. That said, if you he had one of the greatest playoff performances of his career last year, um, all the way down to the wire until he punched the blackboard, which is another thing. But you know, what Ramona's describing is like I'm I'm fine with the players having agency, but this is an issue at the league level, um, right? With guys not playing out their contracts, and on the other hand, I can say. Like if you were to ask the Cavs in 2010, and you were to ask the Thunder in 2000, uh, what was it, 16, or any of these other teams that had a guys walk away with nothing, you I mean you could say that Anthony Davis is 
being as forthright as he possibly could to the Pelicans by giving them this information now right. and giving them the opportunity. So like in a way, they're not trying to be jerks. They're actually trying to be honorable. But the issue for the league is you sign a guy for five years. Yeah. You don't want to have to worry about him in three. Right. I don't know. Right. I don't know what the answer these is. These aren't Mona. guys that are signing as free agents. These are people who were drafted and then, you know, they signed extensions off the rookie deal, which they're incentivized to do. But, you know, outside, I guess LeBron would, would be the, the opposite of that, right? But he, you know, he went to Cleveland as a free agent. But most of it, most of this is guys who are coming off their rookie deal extensions. And this is really the first moment where they have time to determine their own destiny. I mean, Kyrie Irving requested a trade and he got traded and he was okay with going to Boston, but he's never been a, never gotten to free agency like this. And I, right. I understand what the problem is, is that these players are so, superstar players are so important to franchises and in the league that you just simply cannot risk losing them for nothing. But it doesn't make, it doesn't make them bad guys that they want to go. It doesn't mean that oh, no, nothing of course not. evil is a But I think, is, I think, right, but I think the difference here, Ramona, with Kyrie, mm-hmm. Is as Brian pointed out, he, he makes a Nike commercial. He's telling everybody he's going to stay. And by yeah. the way, the reason he didn't re-up with Boston is simply mathematics. It's financial. Right, right. He'd be a ne- he would have been right. an idiot to re-up with them last summer. He's got to do this this summer because he he deserves the most money he can get. And as Brian says, having a career year, they chant MVP every time he walks in the building. So. If he leaves now, it'll be pretty, you know, if he were to leave this summer, yeah. I think it would be pretty shocking. Pretty shocking. Okay, can I play well, devil's advocate? It's the same thing as Kevin Durant, though. I mean, yes. Go, yeah. go ahead, Brian. I agree. I agree. So let me, let me play devil's advocate. Kyrie's having a wonderful season. Maybe the best season of his career. Okay? I think let's it is. Put that yeah. on the, let's put that on the board. The Celtics are in fifth place. Okay? Mm-hmm. Kyrie is not super close slash fond of his young teammates. His young teammates are not super close slash fond of him. I talked to mm-hmm. scouts this week who watched the two games that they play without Kyrie, and they say, now granted, they weren't against the Warriors and, uh, and yeah. Raptors, but, you know, they go, the young kids are skipping up and down the court. They're having so much fun. Uh, Rogier plays well. Jalen Brown plays well. Tatum plays well. There's clearly an issue there. I'm not pointing blame at one side or the other because, as you said, Jalen Brown messes up from time to time, and Kyrie, the guy with the ring, gets frustrated because he knows what it takes to win at the highest level. But we have definitely a bit of a disconnect between the young guys and Kyrie. Well, okay, they're in fifth. So, they're in fifth place. Okay, okay, but I'm going to stop. You, I'm going to stop you there because you're right. Two of the guys, yes, but not all of them, and not Tatum. They're they're actually pretty close, as you know. They're both Duke guys. They're both represented by the same agent. So be careful mm-hmm. about putting Tatum in that conversation. Okay, fair fair point. So, if the Celtics are just a little skittish, let's say they're only 80% sure Kyrie is going to stay, okay? Would Danny Ainge, being Danny Ainge, at least think about trading Kyrie Irving now and then flopping around and going and acquiring Anthony Davis? Because if you trade, and I'm not saying that you would trade Kyrie for Anthony Davis, that would... That deal doesn't work because Kyrie's no, not no, staying no. in New Orleans. Right. But right, let's right, say right. you traded Kyrie to a third team, picked up assets, picked up nice pieces, and then went out and got Anthony Davis by next Thursday. Is that anywhere on the board for Trader Danny, 
who is never afraid to trade anybody or roll any dice or be ahead of a situation. I think it's a I think it's a very legitimate scenario in especially at now five thirteen p.m. on a Thursday night. I think it's a legitimate scenario. I can tell you at this moment, it's not. I'm sure they have to consider it because they have to consider that 48 hours from now or 72 hours from now, Kyrie Irving may walk in there and say, you know what? You want Anthony Davis. I want to do X. But what I'm telling you is at this exact moment, that hasn't happened yet. Now, Danny Ainge would trade anybody. He's proven that. He traded Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Are you kidding me? He will trade anybody if he thinks it makes his team better. But I think... Given the choice, he'd prefer to keep Kyrie, wait for the deadline to pass, and then add Anthony Davis. I believe that is his preference. Right, because they can still walk. They can still have both of them if they wait. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, There's no reason why not. No reason. I mean, I think what's what's interesting is he's your, he's their guy. So if, if you should have the best information and intel and feel for what your own guy is going to do. Right. I mean, right, Jackie. I mean, that, right. You, and you I have, think you, they, I think you, they feel like they do. But as you know, right. Ramona, because things are changing, so could that yeah. intel change, right? And so. and I think when you look at what's going, on, okay, so we're talking about Anthony Davis, and every single question, Brian, and I get asked on every TV or radio interview or whatever it is, podcast is why you know why won't the Pelicans deal him now? If the Lakers were to make that Godfather offer, it, does that get the deal done? And you and I have, we've all covered the league so much to, to know that the amount of things that can change between now right. and the draft is, I can't even start counting. I mean, would exactly. you, when you woke up today, did you think Steph Sporzingis was going to be no. a Dallas Maverick? No right? way. I, mean, I, I knew no that they way. were, I knew there was a, conver- there was an idea that they might trade him before this deadline, but wow, did that happen fast. Okay. It sure so did. Look yeah. at the teams that are trying to win this year. Philadelphia, um, Toronto, Denver, uh, Golden State, like Houston. All of these teams are trying to win this year. Only one of them will. And the teams that don't win this year, that now creates an extra level of pressure. And players that may you would never even dream of becoming available might be available. And, exactly. and shakeups. Like, what happened to the Raptors last year? Would you have thought that they would not only not have... Uh, they, they, they would they would they would fire their coach and trade Demar Derozan and end up with Ka- Kawhi Leonard. I mean, my goodness, right. there's so many things that can happen between now and then. And so, if you're the Pelicans, if you're Boston, if you're what forecasting this stuff out until you absolutely have to make a decision is is very difficult. And and you have to do it at a time when you don't have all the information. Boston at least has the advantage of dealing with its own player, dealing with a guy they should have a feel for, dealing with a guy they can flat out ask. Right now, right. how are you feeling? Exactly. Right. So, and you know what so, else? I think too, the draft order matters, right? If you're if you're the Pelicans, and you're going to have to rebuild, which is stating the obvious, don't you want to know what the number one pick is, who it is, or sure, or right. let me put it differently, you know, like so you want to know where Zion Williamson, who's going to have the rights to Zion Williamson, who's going to have the rights to R.J. Barrett. That that's added information that you can afford to wait on. So why wouldn't you? So, Ramona, right. yes, Andrew. I wanted to know from all of you if you thought that this is going to be the biggest trade before the deadline. No way. Hmm. The Porzingis trade, you mean? I mean, it depends on, yes. like, let's say Mike Conley gets traded to the Jazz, okay, which is possible. That would be a gigantic trade for the balance of power in the West. It may not cause everybody on Sports Center to stop. 
that would be a massive trade. So, um, you know, this is the most surprising trade. I would say this This is going to be the most surprising trade. Well, what if Kyrie gets traded? (laughs) Well, but now we're talking about it. Like now anything's possible, right? right? The, the Anthony Davis dominoes are all toppling. So, Ramon, let me just ask you this, because mm-hmm. I really do sense that the Lakers fan base believes that they're going to get this done. Do you think they can get Anthony Davis? I would never um, rule anything we, out, but I don't I would think never rule anything out, but I don't think they're going to get him. And I, you know, because I, I, I think to, I, if, they, if New Orleans wanted to make that deal, they would have done it already. Right? I mean, uh, and they could make that, the, the same idea deal. Of, they can they make can the make same, the same deal, deal in three months. Yeah, with more information. Once you know who has which picks, right? I mean, what? Who's? What? What? what where does Atlanta figure into this? Where does? Where will Dallas figure into? This? Well, shoot, you could just go ahead and trade Porzingis again, right? I mean, is it, it because he's restricted? Maybe you can't. Can 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 they trade him again if he's restricted? If he sends that qualifying offer, I guess. And now uh, I'm, can, I'm having to do this on the a, fly. No, yeah. they could trade him again. Um, he couldn't be aggregated with other players like he just was, but they could, in theory, trade him right? again. But they couldn't so, trade him I mean, after. I, they couldn't trade him after Thursday. And who's to say whoever be, ends I, up with Anthony Davis doesn't trade him again? Yeah. That's Correct. a whole and, huge thing. There's a whole rental market that could happen. Yes. Yeah, of course. And and so think of think in terms of you know I I just look at it. If I'm New Orleans, I I don't trade him now. I wait until I have more information about which teams have which picks and which players are truly available. Um, the playoffs will start to clar- clarify some of that. Uh, and so, uh, like, I just don't think there's any incentive, not to mention the fact that they seem to be carrying the banner for not just small market teams who are losing their superstar, but any team that is losing its superstar, right, That whose superstar mm. wants to leave. There's there's a real pushback in the league against players, you know, doing the, the, the AAU thing, saying, I want to play here and not, not with you anymore, and, and, and having agents put trade requests in. I mean, there's the teams don't like it when you do that, it, especially when they become public because then they lose some leverage. And, and I, I don't think new Orleans was probably ever going to get to a place where they could trade Anthony Davis unless he went public with that trade demand. Um, because it's just hard to trade a guy like that. It's hard to trade a player as, you know, as talented. You know, I as mean, him. I know it's self-evident, but I think we should just pause and say it. You know, I was, yeah. I was talking with, I was texting with a guy who works for a team who was in first place in their division today in first place. And when this stuff, the, the Porzingis stuff was literally going down as I was texting with them. And he's like, wow, all this stuff is happening and we're not involved in any of it. And I go, dude, you're in first place. And that's what's, that's where we wow. are in the modern NBA. Even wow. the team. And this, by the way, this isn't some fan. This is a guy who works for the team. And that's the NBA that we're in right now. Um, is, mm-hmm. and, and this Anthony Davis trade and Zach, Zach Lowe has gone so far as to say it's the biggest potential trade since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I don't know if I'm ready to go that far. But already we're seeing just in three days, three-plus days, what's happened since Anthony Davis made a trade demand. This is a major moment in the NBA. And it is, but it's not, it's not even close to Anthony Davis being traded. It's nowhere near a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar being traded. He says the biggest since, since Kareem. Okay, good. I mean, I think Shaq going to L.A., LeBron going, LeBron going to Miami and back to Cleveland. Huge. Those were those were free agencies. Those were pretty gigantic. But um, it just shows how 
destabilizing and how wide open it is. Uh, Ramona, you did a great job with your reporting today. Bravo, Ramona. Thank you. Um, All right. Well, thank you, Jackie. (laughs) Um, Thank you, Josh, back in Bristol. Thank you, Ramona. Thank you to McMahon, who was in Denver Airport. Um, More to come.